Today, the Toronto Police Services Board will be discussing a facial recognition software that they have been using um, for the past year. And it's been helping them greatly with identifying uh, possible uh, people. And then they continue their investigation. And uh, it has led to some um, cases being completed. So in some cases, uh, we see some success here with it. But there is um, an NDP MP. His name is Charlie Angus. He happens to be joining the show right now. He's examining the ethics of artificial intelligence as part of a House Commons Standing Committee. And it's on access to information, privacy, and ethics. And he joins the show right now. Charlie, welcome to the program. Hey, thanks so much for having me on. Thanks for being here. We talk about privacy a lot on this show. And in San Francisco, city officials have banned the use of this technology because they say the move was about having security without becoming a security state. The technology works by comparing uh, images of people, facial uh, recognition. It goes through a database and sees if it can match them up to some mug shots. So you have to actually be in the police system to be identified. It's not a positive ID. The police are using it as a jumping off point for an investigation and as a lead. What is your problem, if any, with this technology? Well, you know, technology in itself is not bad or good. Technology can be a tool. What we need to have as a society, and we need it very quickly, is to get our heads around the massive power of machine intelligence, AI, facial recognition technology that could have really profoundly negative impacts. For example, you know, Facebook uh, has all my pictures of everything I've ever done, all my kids, all my friends. They've been working on facial recognition technology to be able to identify. Google's been doing it. So we're, we're talking about databases of images, you know, everything on our phones to what we post online that is much broader than a mugshot. So in terms of what the police are using now, it would certainly be arguable that it is very much akin to uh, a fingerprint database. Fair enough. But unless we have some rules in place, how do we know that the facial recognition technology is not going to be used for, say, example, there's a bunch of people out at a protest and we'll just scan the crowd and say, well, were there people there who've done other things, uh, maybe potentially criminal? That kind of... Um, uh, overuse would be certainly intrusive on basic rights. And then what happens if you're walking past the store and boom, uh, the camera identifies who you are and then starts sending text messages to you to sell you stuff. These are invasive technologies. So what's happening in Toronto, what's happening in Detroit and uh, San Francisco is there's a, we need we need a conversation about how it's going to be used and under what terms. So do we have to start protecting our, ourselves or have so, you know the government protect us from our own naivety and, and vanity then? Because well, we're arguably giving a lot of this information to, you know, because you did bring in Facebook and, I mean, we're just giving it away and we don't seem to care. Well, you know, I, I think this is the, the false argument that the big data giants have been used for years. Like, hey, you know, you use our service and you should be aware. Like, you know, when I went on Gmail... Gmail never told me, hey, do you mind if we read your emails? Because, hey, we might have some nifty ideas. If you did that with a phone company, the phone company would get charged. So, you know, when I post photos to my friends on Facebook, nobody ever said it was going to be added into some kind of massive database. But that is the potential now with 
with this world of surveillance capitalism, and it can be very misused by corporate interests. It can also be misused by the state. So, you know, I think it's going to be common sense. Uh, there are elements of technologies that are really important and really helpful in police work. There are other elements that police have used that have been intrusive and require judicial oversight. So. Well, let's talk about that. Let's talk about the controversial carding, because I think you just basically were, uh, you know, alluding to that. Is this technology, because they have found, research has shown that this face recognition technology has racialized false positive rates. So some systems are more likely to produce inaccurate matches for people that are black than people that are white, for example. So is this just not an updated uh, technological version of carding? Well, the the carding issue is really, uh, I think, really vital because, you know, when you say, well, we we proved it through a computer database, if you're a jury or a a judge, you're going to think, wow, that's really, really good. But there's, again, on the racial issue, many, many, many false positives. So we have to double check that. I would suggest it's like when the police were going to the telecoms and asking for cell phone information without a warrant. We've always had a rule in this country of oversight, judicial oversight. If there's a reason you need to get someone's cell phone information because they may have committed a crime, they may be a terrorist, it's pretty straightforward to get a warrant. But it was very easy for police for a number of years just to go down and say, hey, we want information on Joe Blow, his sister, his cousin, whatever, and it was being turned over. That was intrusive. So it's similar with facial recognition technology. There's going to be elements that work, and, you know, a police database of no criminals, I would say it probably would pass the fair test. Being able to sort of do widespread searches of people in general, um, not not cool. What about if it's a post? What if it's a post-mortem search? Because one of uh, uh, Bruce MacArthur's victims was identified post-mortem by using this technology. Again, these are really important questions, and the technology can become very, very helpful. Uh, what would be very unhelpful is someone being able to use this technology to track his ex-wife down when he was <laughs> harassing her. So how that technology is employed really is dependent, um, and and that's why we need... Well, if that was the case, then you're talking about a cop that's doing something illegal. Well, yes, but then also having access to a database where it becomes possible to do something illegal because these technologies are so easy to use. So this is why it's important before the technologies become so widely used, let's just start saying, well, what's the rules? How do we use them? And I think that I'm glad the Toronto Services Board, is, Police Services Board, is talking about this. I'm glad this is a public conversation uh, because we're in the early stages of what will be radical new invasive technologies on how we live our lives because we all live online, we all live on Instagram, we all live on our phones. We need to have this conversation. So I think it's really good that it's happening. Do you think it's sort of hypocritical that we're talking about um, the modernization and transformation of the police service right now here in Toronto, but they have, during this modernization and transformation, kind of really haven't um, been forthcoming about the fact they've been using this technology until right now, a year in. 
Well, this is something that I find is worrisome. It was very worrisome when police were using, um, going to the telecoms and getting all manner of cell phone information without judicial oversight and saying, well, hey, it's just a tool. It's a tool in the toolbox. Yeah, but if all the tools in your toolboxes are big jackhammers, you're not going to be able to do the finesse work. So um, I'm concerned that we weren't made aware of this. This is a big issue in many cities in the United States. And if we're going to talk about it, let's be, let's come out, let's say, okay, how would we use it? What's fair and what's not fair? And what's, what, what are the red lines we have to draw around? Not just police use, but corporate use. Mm-hmm. And then also, again, the examples of people who are able to track their ex-wives or go after people or kids. With facial recognition technology, it's going to make every one of us uh, available 24-7 to someone who wants to know where we are. And I think that that's problematic. So you're not uh, saying let's go the way San Francisco did and follow their lead with the banning of this facial technology. You're saying we need to have a conversation. So uh, while we're having conversations, are you uh, in favor of the police kind of putting this program on hold or allowing them to use it with limitations? I, I, I personally feel we, we need a we, we should hit the pause button and talk about the parameters because what we find with technology is that it gets used and, and it gets used in as many possible forms as possible and then there's an outcry and then people pull back. I would rather have that pause now or at least if we're talking about the technology being used by police right now, by Toronto Police, is it to be used to match a potential individual criminal to an individual crime to a database. That's fairly straightforward police work. It's the random use, it's the searching of the crowd, uh, because then you're pulling in all manner of people who have, may not have done anything, and that's, that's the abuse of, of power. And so... Uh, well, in fairness, Charlie, in, in fairness to the Toronto Police and what uh, Saunders has said, and, you know, we have to take it at face value, what he said is they are not using it randomly. It's not being used at sporting events to find out if someone is, you know, skipping out on a warrant. Um, it is just being used when uh, to find a lead and to compare uh, images they have of someone committing a crime to their database of mugshots. So right now it seems to be being used the way you say that it should be. Well, and, and, and I think that that's been very reassuring to hear. But we have seen uh, time and time again that the ease of technology makes it possible to use for other purposes. And there will be certainly, and nothing against the, the police, but boy, oh boy, wouldn't it be easy if we could just scan that crowd and find if there's somebody in there that's skipped out? Wow, we got someone. It works. That That's the kind of technology that should be uh, referred to for judicial oversight. So, um I'm glad we're talking about it. I'm glad the police are talking about it. This technology has been used, and it's going to be used, and it's going to hit us very fast in terms of the radical transformation. So we need to be we need to get up to speed pretty quickly on what's good and what's not good. All right. Well, Charlie, I appreciate your time today. Thanks so much for joining us. You take care. Thank you. Cheers. Charlie Angus, NDP MP, uh, part of the House of Commons Standing Committee on Access to Information, Privacy, and Ethics, which is going on right now.